only when all of the magical dragon orbs are gathered together can the Kumite once be formed again. This is <laughs> spoilers. I actually laughed at that. That's funny. See, like, the Venn diagram of people who appreciate Disney movies and appreciate Bloodsport are two distinct cir- circles with Stevie standing in the middle. So I didn't know if that would work very well. I'm glad you liked it. They're my two okay. favorite things in the world. So you nailed it. After all your Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff recently, it totally makes sense. There was a <laughs> wonderful thread I saw on a website of Jean-Claude Van Damme pictures that I have bookmarked. Hit me up. But that is the voice of <laughs> Renee, so you know why we're here. It's a new Disney movie. Very exciting. We're Woo-hoo! talking about Rhea and the Last Dragon. Rhea and the Last Dragon. So let's uh, introduce our host. We already heard a lot of their voice. We'll say who you are, where you're recording from, and um, what's a good question? What what do you think is a fair price for a new movie on a streaming service? Um, Disney Plus lists Ray and the Last Dragon at a steep $30 for a digital copy after you're already paying the monthly fee for the for the uh, streaming service. So who you are, where you're recording from, and what you think is a fair price point for a new movie. Uh, Stevie, let's start with you. Man, oh man. So... I hate to do this, but this is Stevie recording from Elkhart. I kind of understand the $30 price point just because we're still in the middle of a pandemic and animated movies are so insanely expensive to make. Um, ah, man, I would wish they were closer to like 20 for an animated film and 10 for a live action because I feel like paying 30 for Mulan was highway robbery mm. at its finest. So I'd say, <laughs> yeah, 20 for an animated, I totally understand, and probably 10 for a live action. Can you imagine that bastard mouse made us pay $30 for the worst version of a different movie in oh, Mulan? Oh, God. It's fucking marketing it's so bad. genius. Uh, Josh, you're up next. This is Josh from Goshen. I love everything you guys are saying. It's hilarious. I think the $30 price point is about right, especially since it does become, quote, free on their platform later. Um, I just think you and us and everyone needs to do a better job of not paying for those crapola ones, man. Like, let's let's buck them out of that <laughs> with the free market and make them stop making shitty remakes and... Um, not that I'm necessarily fawning over Raya, but so much more enjoyable than one of the live action remakes in my mind. I'll go next. This is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Um, the only thing I wish is that if you paid the 30, you also got the special features yes. later, right? That seems fair to me. Like I, the only reason, literally the only reason I buy physical media is one to potentially steal the audio for this podcast too would be to watch the <laughs> watch these special features that come with it and if i'm paying 30 dollars for a digital copy it's going to be free later on it should come with a little bit of a bonus but last but not least like i said renee our disney correspondent where are you tonight how are you feeling uh, for the audience at home and what do you think is a fair price for raya and the last dragon so I actually watched Ray and the Last Dragon maybe 18 hours after I was in a car accident. Jeez. So, I sat in theaters. I was really comfortable, though. And I chose theaters specifically as opposed to staying at home because it was half the price. 
It, I do think that 30 is fairly steep. I mean, I'm all in with Disney Plus. I bought the three-year prepaid plan. And so for me, it's, what do I get for the $30? If it's the film only, I'm with Pappy. I want the special features. I want, you know, the actor commentary. I want a little extra for what I'm paying. Instead, it's, I want it now. And I feel that $20 is more reasonable and fair. And so my sister-in-law shares my account with the kids. And I told her, hey, I'm not buying it. And they said, oh, how much is it? And they go, oh, it's actually cheaper for us to go to the movie theater than to pay that for us to have it at home. That makes sense. But for some families, the $30 price tag is actually more affordable than going to the theater. So it really just, it varies. Josh, you recently saw Storks with Aquafina. What, how much did that cost you? How much did that set you back? You have a million kids. That can't be cheap. <laughs> well, we rented at the theater for a birthday. So oh. one person, it was one person's gift and they paid that lump sum. I think it was like 140 bucks to see Jeez. Storks. So really just cost you your time. Storks grossed $180 at the box office that weekend. So. 140 of us. And I think there's literally like 16, including like small kids spread out. So like do the math and it's not that crazy terrible. But like UFC and like. Good point. They charge $60 for their pay-per-views. That's I mean, a highway robber. And everyone steals it, though. That's why everyone, Dana White calls out streamers unsuccessfully and looks like a fool all the time. By stealing, you mean just you watch the gif of the knockout the next day? Like the two-second gif, the whole thing Do you remember when people, In the, the heyday of Periscope, when people would just point their cell phones at the TV and Periscope <laughs> the main event every night with yeah. fucking chaos? <laughs> but we're not here to talk about UFC or No, storks. we're not. We're no, here to we're talk not. about a different Aquafina vehicle, uh, Rhea and the Last Dragon. Stevie, as one of our most predominant Disney experts, you, myself, and Renee are the, still the only podcast in the history of podcasts to do a review of every single Disney movie in one episode. Let's go. How does this fit in with the Disney canon? You know, what's different about it? What, where does it fit in? We're, we're in a new era, right, of Disney. We're probably post-post-Renaissance at this point. We are in... I love Ryan and the Last Dragon just because I feel like Disney animation has been outside of Ralph Rex the Internet. I feel like they've been on an absolute terror as far as animated films have gone. And this fits in more of line with, I think, Zootopia, Big mm-hmm. Hero 6, somewhere in those films, because we're it's not a musical which I was somewhat relieved to see. So I think it kind of fits in with those movies you really well. You were relieved? Well. I was sad. I was relieved because my big fear with this movie was they were going to try to make Moana 2. And I feel like Moana is one of the most impossible soundtracks to ever top um, as far as any Disney movie goes. So to see this with no songs was quite relieving. Renee, you said you missed the songs though? Where, where, where would you like the musical number? Where, where would one fit in? I didn't know it wasn't a musical walking in. Like, I knew nothing walking in. I just mm. went in. Same. And then I was, like, waiting for the song, and I was waiting for the song, and then I was just <laughs> like, okay, I accept my fate. Josh, this movie is especially steeped in lore. To get into the plot, Renee, you specifically requested I don't come to you for plot points because you were on painkillers while you enjoyed the I was on a muscle relaxer. The first time. Um, Let's be honest. There's okay, a lot of 
a lot of world building, a lot of universe building, right, Josh? What do you remember about the um, the world of Ray and the Last Dragon? It's not the Kumite, it's the Kumadra. That was the joke at the top of the pod, but... Gotcha, yeah. Five is a big number for them. Um, I think mm. there's like five dragons in this whole dragon family. Um, there was a time where dragons lived side by side with humans, and after that peaceful era, I guess, this covid plague this purple pestilence arrived and it kind of split everyone up the dragons returned to stone um am i getting all this right you guys the dragons returned to stone and yes the The purple pestilence is called the droon i believe yeah and the people split up into five factions known as i got it right here the fang the heart the spine the talon and tail all references to you know dragon body parts there but basically it's like there was a peaceful era and everyone forgot how to make kumandra great again yeah <laughs> one could say it like that it's kind of sad some babies are born in heart and some babies are born in tail you know what i mean that might be oh. some inferiority complex um. <laughs> they definitely were jealous of each other's and attributed certain things to different aspects of the body right. and there was a lot of tension amongst the different factions especially heart especially there's and there's different cultures too within the yeah. factions renee did you have a particular favorite you don't have to i don't can't necessarily match the culture to the name but anyone that stood out to you in terms of you know what, what they lived like what their existence was like no i did find them all fascinating how the landscapes were all different how their agriculture was all different based on where they were living and what was affecting them. What I thought was interesting was, I think, I'm trying to see if I can find the one. Okay, Talon, Stevie, do you remember Talon? Yes, like, yeah. Tell us about Talon. Go for it. Talon, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, they're all nearly surrounded by water except for a few, but Talon was very vibrant. It almost reminded me of kind of... Um, Does Aladdin live in there somewhere? Is he right. hanging a boot? <laughs> I mean, it just, it was very vibrant. It reminded me almost of kind of like the Land of the Dead and Coco or San Francisco mm-hmm. and Big Hero 6. A lot of purple, a lot of gold. Um, seemed really market driven. And that's where we meet one of the funniest characters, which is the baby con artist, Noi. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're watching this movie, and Disney movies usually have lessons. And I assume that the lesson was going to be. You know, don't stereotype other cultures because, you know, like, you know, you don't want to expect. And there's a fucking con artist baby living among these guys. Even the babies are con artists here. I got a question about the baby, too. Is this something that Disney has been doing increasingly? Have they always done this? I feel like there's the baby and then a couple, like, monkey sidekicks. And they're all kind of like one character. You know what I mean? Hmm. I feel like that was actually a part of of Storks too. There's this like pack of wolves, and I guess you see one or two of them like more, but really it's just like the pack is the personality. Did Disney do Storks? No, no but no, Disney it, is that just like a Spirited Away had the three babies, but that's not Disney. I mean, Disney bought the rights to do the voices, but Spirited Away had the three babies that became one behemoth little boy. Well, I mean, babies are kind of like monkeys, right? You know what I mean? They kind of get into stuff, and I don't know. Seems very monkey-like. Um, we haven't talked about, I guess, the story. I guess uh, 
there's a lot of, like I said, world building, Stevie. Was there too much world building for you? Because there's, there's like almost like a double or triple intro in this movie. You know what I mean? I felt there was too much exposition in the world building for me, which right. took me out of the story a little bit. I may agree. You're right. There are like three intros because we really don't even... I mean, honestly, I don't even think like the really start of the movie happens like the 20 or 25 minute mark, which is, you know, Chief, I think his name is Benja, mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, Raya's dad. And pretty much he's having all parts of the dragon, Kumandra, come and kind of make peace with everyone. And that's when Fang decides that they're going to take the... Uh, I guess you say Zisu's gem or the Dragonstone for themselves, and that's when it breaks and all hell breaks loose. But there is a lot of world building, but I, I think the one thing that actually pays off with so much world building and so much character building is the ending ties it together really nice with a real nice bow. So I, I think mm-hmm. if you're going to have that much exposition and world building, you need to have a really clean ending, which it did. Is this the... Hold on, I'm trying to see if this is the longest Disney movie or where it would rank. I think, okay, Fantasia is the longest Disney movie coming in at 124 minutes. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Second longest is the classic, Renee, your first appearance on the podcast, Ralph Breaks the Internet, coming in at 112 minutes. Uh, Third longest is Zootopia, coming at 109 minutes. I believe this would be now the fourth longest ever Disney movie. When you say that it ties it up together, you mean sort of the the unity of the culture, Stevie? Yes. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, if you're gonna say like, you know, it reinforces trust every five minutes in this movie. Like, if you didn't yeah. know about trust, you know, five it's minutes strong. before, five minutes later, they're gonna tell you about trust. If you're like Stevie and I and you like to play Disney drinking games, if you drink every time they say trust, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're not <laughs> making <out of> this <laughs> Like, yeah, there's, there's no, there's a point of no return where it's just trust, trust, trust. But it is a children's movie, so I understand it. But to get all of like the factions to where they were, and to break down the story of like, hey, here's what we need to do, and here's the lessons we learned along the way, it's pretty clean. I might have a little bit of a Stevie question here. Any guys up? can pipe in, but so heart has the gem that like the dragons made when they fended off COVID a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And a big part of what they keep saying is all the other tribes think this is the reason for our prosperity. Do, do you think the gem is like actually giving them something or like, what is the point of having it? I think it's perspective. Like, uh, I guess if it's not doing anything for them, couldn't they like pass it around like a traveling trophy or something? I I just don't understand why they're so dead set. Like an Olympic but torch. The gem sure. is in the heart, Josh. Mm. The gem is for the location of where the event happened. Yeah. And so it's specific to that site, and they're That's protecting why it's it. Called heart. That is the thing though about watching these movies at home on a streaming service because Ray's Ba says they're jealous of us because they think the heart or the or the gem gives us power. And Raya goes, but that's ridiculous. It doesn't. I paused and I went, how the fuck could you even know that, Raya? How could you possibly know it doesn't give you abundance? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Brainwashing. That's how she, quote, knows. But I can see other factions that are, you know, have more, less watery plethora of agriculture. They have more hardship. And so the perspective is that this is the result of what they have. 
So, like, not to tie each one. So, like, one of them lives in, like, the north, I guess, like the winter lands. Yes. Renee, do you remember those people at all? I don't, I don't remember which. Is that head? Yes, they head? were the people that are very large and tall. Did Renee just unwittingly give a clue, though? Like, if there's that much mm. more water at the heart, and that's, like, this particular dragon's speciality? Uh-huh. Maybe they did get power from that gem. It was like bringing water in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but Not then to be there conspir- was the other faction that was literally had water around it. Yeah. And they were surrounded by water. They had water too. Sorry. There's water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Well, that's what bothered me. Okay, two things. One, water is not just fucking liquid water. Snow Correct. is water and fog is water. The one people Correct. lived amongst snow, how did the druid or whatever, druid, get up to them? And if the one dragon, the one dragon can literally make it rain. How did he not like just fight him off with the rain the whole time? Ooh, like signs? Just get him wet? I mean, this is what you're supposed to do with Disney movies, right? Cinema sends them and every frame of pause them to death. That's exactly how it's supposed to work. Sorry, Renee, do you want to talk about the snow people? I just want to run through the different different cultures real quick. It reminded me of Game of Thrones with the North Watch, that they were kind of up there by themselves, isolated and cut off, just trying to survive with what they had available. Angry people, too, living up to the stereotype. Yeah. Well, you know, they have a cold chip on their shoulder from the snow. Stevie, what do you remember about um, Fang? I think it's the next major one, or the the last major one that we have to talk about. One of them's just kind of a Passover people in the sand, just to get us to the dragon. But um, Fang to me seemed to be the most metro uh, area. It seems like I don't know. It seems kind of like the most like big city area of the place. It seems really clean, uh educated educational driven and also bloodthirst driven because fang just wants to be the ones that save the world i mean they want the world saved but they have to be the ones that do it Mm. i liked how it was they weren't the villains they're more antagonists and they wanted you to believe they were villains though is this another movie where they wanted us to believe they were the villains when really the druid was the whole villain the whole time the real friends are the druid we made along the way. Um, I don't know, Renee. We've talked about this. And of course, you know, the great Lindsay Ellis has a video on this. It, Which is why I bring it up. Is this just further sign that the Disney villain's dead, dead? And that it's always going to be couched in like they have this actual mo- like, Their motivations, I guess, are a little bit unclear to me, right? They want to expand their land, which is why they want the orb or something. Uh, did you guys pick up on that? They're having too many babies. I don't know, Renee. Is the Disney villain dead, though? That's the real question here. (laughs) I mean, I felt once the druid was fully going through, that felt like it was the villain. But for a while, it felt like the mother and daughter of Fang was directing you that these could be villain adjacent, but not. And so it threw me off a little bit, but I don't think it was a true villain like we saw in the Golden Age and Silver Age of Disney. I think Disney is moving away from that trope and they're trying to be a little bit more all-encompassing. It's not so black and white anymore. They're trying to get more into teaching areas of gray, which is why we trust the people that we don't like. Mm-hmm. It's almost more that we're Disney is shifting into, you know, quote, man, woman, in this case, versus nature, right? In both the case of Moana and this, it's more of a 
existential, natural threat to their way of life that's going to require people to work together or something like that. I was feeling that too. Stevie, is the Disney villain dead for you? I don't know. I feel like Ernesto de la Cruz really brought it back. But that's Pixar, though. That's not the same. (sighs) I know, but... I don't know. He was such a good villain. I mean, he murdered his best friend and tried to murder his best friend's uh, great-great-grandson. Um... I mean, there was a villain in Zootopia, right? The sheep? The sheep. She was an actual legit villain. Um, There was legit villains in Frozen 2. That's true. That's true. I, this reminds me a lot of Frozen 2 in terms of the universe building. Did you think that at yeah. all, Stevie? Yeah. I was getting that, too. I was getting vibes of that, too. I, I can't say the Disney villain is dead. I do think, though, the kind of black and white, you know, there's nothing good or we can't sympathize with these villains in the 90s I think that is probably dead but I do think that Disney villain is still alive someone who's very alive and well Alan Tudyk let's run through a couple characters Renee did you like uh, the cute tuck tuck uh, armadillo pillbug as Wikipedia describes him um yes I wanted to tickle his little tummy <laughs> and the whole time I kept trying to figure out who the voice is because I immediately knew um, a couple voices off the bat but that one I couldn't quite pinpoint and so I was always curious to see who it was and to no surprise it was Alan you gotta love him right like is he, he's like almost like the John Ratzenberger now of Disney movies where I just want him to play some random critter in every movie and try and find his voice didn't he remind you of Ray riding along with BB-8 in the desert? At yes, the beginning? I was getting that. Uh-huh. Vibes. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking another of Disney Ra- property. Speaking of Ray, Josh, Ray, uh, played by another Star Wars uh, character, Kelly Marie Tran. What did yeah. you think of her performance in this? The much maligned, I'd say, Kelly Marie Tran after her appearance in the Last Jedi, unfairly so. Not her say. fault. Not her fault. Cyberbullied, which is you know. Like probably the lowest possible thing you could do. Like, can you imagine Josh writing a mean comment on someone's labyrinth YouTube video and cyberbullying them that way? We've pretty much experienced the same kind of hardships. But what do you think about her in this movie? <laughs> well, if she sees a role that's that that bad, her agent's got to tell her to turn it down. Like the Last <laughs> Jedi. Like you don't take that role. But anyway, okay. I should um, not have come to you for this. This I'm was joking. a mistake. This was a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are completely right. Like nothing bad about her and I, I love her voice work in this movie I think she's one of the strongest characters in that way I think this might be a good way to segue though into the animation itself Segway. Um, I don't know if I'm getting as much charm and personality from the Pixar 3D stuff as I do the old drawn characters like it's really just not the same to me it's a little plasticky. It's super well done. There's a lot of beautiful shots, but just like the people and the faces, uh, I think there's something missing. Sisu was kind of creepy at times because it looks so much like Aquafina that it just tripped me up. <laughs> like it was super realistic. And I was having, could have been my medication, but I was really having some issues. You like saw Aquafina's face on the dragon at points. <laughs> Seriously. Like when she was in her human form, I. All I could see was Aquafina the whole time. Stevie, but to Josh's point, have it is the old ways being dead? Do you do you feel like something's missing? No. Um, 
I, this movie gets a pass for me because of how much of this movie was done from people's homes. Like, good point. They weren't in a studio. They weren't on the Disney lot, you know, all in a group saying, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. They were zooming and doing work on their own. Like all mm-hmm. the voice acting were. were done in like these people's closets at their houses. Daniel J. Kim recorded from his house in Hawaii, which he loved. He also messed up his first recording, but he loved yeah, it. Kelly, Mar- Kelly Marie Tran built uh, like this small booth in her closet and recorded all of her lines from there. So I could see where this movie is maybe missing a little bit of charm. But the idea that 400 people were working from home and brought this all together is amazing to me. Like the term, we've talked about this so many times, so apologies, audience, but the term animation is an umbrella term, right? That en- encompasses different aspects of animation. There's, yes. and it's somewhere, like, there's set design, there's character design, there's literal acting, right? There, there's all of those parts like encompass the animation. I think the universe building, like sort of the what we see in terms of the animals and the set design is great. I don't know if there was ever... Steve, was there a shot to you that like really stood out though? You know what I mean? Like, like a wallpaper shot? Like I would clip that out and put that as my desktop background? Yeah, so the best looking shot of the entire movie I felt um, it was probably when Raya was hugging Zisu at the end mm. and she was pressed up against her fur. Like that fur looked so realistic along with kind of like the uh, armored plates around Raya's wrist. It looked really neat. They did have really good fur animation. Yes. I agree with that scene. I like the one where they're on the boat and there's all those fireflies around them and they're waiting to see if the, what's her name from Fang? Gemma Chen, maybe? Or Jonah Zhao? Namari? Namari, I don't know. Like they're waiting for the firework to go up, you know what I mean? They're all on the boat Mm -hmm. or whatever. That was a really cool shot. Um, But yeah, Josh, to your point, I don't... People are hard to do. Like the, the couple of times when they showed water, it looked amazing. Like Disney has always had good water, like we've talked about. But I can I can see a little bit of a complaint there. Um, did you like to look at the dragons though, Josh? Uh, so I watched this with my in-laws and my kids, and no one really dug the dragon design that much. Honestly, it was actually noted that people were kind of weirded out. I thought it looked good when you had like the fleet of dragons coming over the hill. You had all the different colors Mm -hmm. coming together. And they all were distinct too. They weren't all uniform. Definitely. Yeah. Renee, did you like the dragons uh, when you could uh, decipher them from the actual actors who were playing them in your psychedelic state that you're enjoying this movie? It wasn't that psychedelic. But yeah, yes. I mean, the dragons definitely. I was happy that it wasn't like a little tiny Mushu, but they were like fully formed large creatures. With personality. And because we had a, you know, we had Mushu in the past with Mulan and he was a little dragon, but these ones actually were believable that they could fight the Druun, that they could actually do something to protect and to be a part of the universe. They felt like they had more weight to them. And when they were all finally broken from their rocks, I did like the rock animation on how the dust was sifting away. Hmm. And you could slowly see them coming back to life. Uh, so I did enjoy that part of it. Yeah, Steve, you were right. Namari is her name. Gemma Chen is the mm-hmm. actress. Yeah, my bad, audience. Um, the last point that I had, and Stevie, I, I do want to come to you for this, and then we can open it up to whatever thoughts you guys have. But 
we talked about it a little bit. The heavy handedness of the theme in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, if the hand was any heavier, it'd be wrapped in a cast like Renee's is right now. Like, you couldn't have a heavier hand, possibly. Do you, do you agree, Stevie? Is it a little bit much at times? Trust people, get it? I was a little shocked that Disney, you know, animation went this route. I typically, with their films, you can find a little more subtlety at times. Um, I mean, just look at their previous five films. None of them were as heavy handed as this with their themes. So I, it made me kind of wonder what target audience they were shooting for. Um, but yeah, I was, it was a little off putting to see how unsubtle they really were. I don't know. With let it go. Maybe I just heard that too many times. Sorry. I have daughters, but that seemed pretty heavy handed to me. Josh's children about drove him insane with that song. So I think it's maybe the nature of music too. And so like <laughs> like when it's a song, they're literally saying it over and over again in the chorus where I enjoyed no songs in this. And I know we talked about that a little bit, but I think it helped I think it actually helps with the subtlety. Pappy, what are some examples of like the real like slap you in the face parts though? Like what what was irking you? Dude, I mean, I, it's almost... It was the third act. Literally, it was heavy in the third act. Heavy in the third act, but it's like constantly using the word trust. Like, I can't believe she tried to hurt me. Oh, that's what happens when you trust people. Like, when with uh, Aquafina, uh, with, the, mm-hmm. with the lady from Fang. And then even, like, when um, Namari comes out with, like, the, the bow. Like, yeah, Renee, to your point, in the third act, is like, way over the top with, like, the trust thing. I don't even know, like, why should Rhea trust her to not shoot her her finger was on the trigger <laughs> she was about to pull the trigger like, that I think, was a weird part as well i don't think Rhea did anything wrong uh just like jafar but i <laughs> i don't know i just i honestly it's okay it's, well don't that don't renee don't come at me for that it's all josh's opinion uh about jafar it's a think piece <laughs> check out our aladdin <laughs> podcast number seven but um okay I, I don't know. It's honestly just the word trust. And it's like there's only really one theme in this movie. And it's like from the beginning with her ba, like trying to invite the people over and trusting them to the end, trusting Namari to save the day. I mean, it's thematically obviously coherent, but I don't know. When you have 107 minutes of it, it can be a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit much. If they would have put it at the beginning and then brought it home subtly with Namari at the end, it would have worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I was just beaten to death with, you know, beaten to death with it by the end. And there's different aspects of trust and what trust looks like and what it represents. And instead, they just gave us the word over and over then yes. rather than being showing us, which we know Disney is fully capable of showing us. I mean, Rapunzel and her hair, go back to the podcast and my love for it, it's the trusting the hair to you know to heal and do the power. I mean, that was shown to us without thrown in our deeply down in our face. Like it just happens. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I like when these things have a lesson to them. But that would be like my only complaint, I guess, as far as the storytelling. But any other thoughts that you guys had uh, for Ray and the Last Dragon? One thing I thought was a super positive was uh, Raya's sword was almost like its own character. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, her sword yes. on screen looked magnificent. Mm-hmm. And I liked how she used it in different ways throughout the entire movie. So I thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. I liked how they used it to show us the reflection. 
mm-hmm. so they animated showing with the broken pieces that separate and how it gave the different dimensions to it. So I thought that was super creative. I guess I lied. I had one more final thought too. Another oh. another question for Stevie. Can we trust you? Uh, no, you have. Well, I guess we'll learn that along the way, Renee. That's the point of this story and this podcast to learn to trust me. But Stevie, is Disney ever going to couch or frame, I guess, or set a movie in an actual country again? You know what I mean? Like, is there ever going to be like another movie in China or another movie in I don't I don't know? Pick your country, right? Like. <sighs> I mean, I don't, I think Pixar will. Um, I think after Soul, I think they really want to keep exploring actual cities and animating them. Um, I don't think Walt Disney animation will, especially if they're going to be doing, you know, fantasy stories like this. I think it's just easier for them to, I guess you could say, pick a, you know, specific region on the, you know, on the planet and just build around that. I don't think they're going to pick any actual, um, you know, existing destinations. You don't think they're going to go back to like Big Hero 6 and make it San Francisco and actually be very... Well, they did San Francisco. Which, yeah, 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 they did. True. Which, I mean, is it's, you're, you know, combining of two things, but which it looks beautiful on screen. I just think that Walt Disney Animation, yeah, I think they're going to keep <laughs> doing fantasy uh, cities. But is it one of those things where you can't win? Because I'm looking at an article on CNN Entertainment from Lisa Respers, France, saying, Raya and the Last Dragon stirs Asian representation debate, basically arguing that it's sort of disrespectful for these cultures to set it in a fantasy land. Is it just a no-win situation? <laughs> I think it's a no-win situation. So many different, there's so many different Asian influences that they were trying to grab at that it's hard for them to succeed in one way because another will get neglected. And if they go more heavier on one, then another will feel that they didn't get enough representation. So I don't know if Disney can really succeed well, but where they succeeded was their voice cast and how much of their voice cast was Asian Americans and people who understood the story they were telling. Yeah, I think it's when you're a company as big as Disney, you're always going to draw the heat you know what I mean? And it's probably better just to not have uh, people from the Han Empire looking like actual monsters and people like the Chinese <laughs> like being good people. You know what I mean, I think this is probably always going to be a safer route. But uh, if there's no other final thoughts, let's go ahead and jump into our yes or no's. I'll go first. Um, I will give Rhea and the Last Dragon a yes, a very solid yes. Uh, like I said two complaints, heavy handedness of the themes and the extent to which it's required to build this world. There is a lot of world building in the first act. This is an extremely long Disney movie. I wouldn't consider this top tier Disney, but this is also the oldest animation studio in the world. So to be top tier Disney is to be one of the greatest animated movies ever made. Right in the last dragon isn't one of the greatest animated movies ever made, but it's a step in the right direction. It's a million times better than some Frozen 2 bullshit or some Ralph Breaks the Internet bullshit. I, <laughs> I'm wondering what the mix is going to be of new story of like investing in creating new properties and harvesting the properties that they've already created. I wonder if it's going to be a two for you, one for me going forward. I really hope not. I hope we get more original stories and not more sequels. Sequels are traditionally not a part of the Disney animated films canon. But I would say... 
despite all that, I wouldn't mind a Raya and the Last Dragon 2, especially from the perspective that we're in this world. I love the crew at the end with the monkeys and the con baby and the angry dude and Rhea and her new friend. We already understand a lot of the mechanics of this world, and I wouldn't mind going back because it's really, really beautiful. Um, Renee, why don't you go next? I say yes, but wait for June 2021 when it will be free on Disney+. Plus. I don't think it's worth the $30 price tag that um, it dropped at. At least it wasn't worth it for me. Mulan was, but I had a huge like excitement towards this. The fact that I knew nothing about this film and I was aware of nothing, I don't know if that really speaks more to me or it speaks more to... I just didn't have that level of excitement going into it like I have with other Disney animation films. And I'm glad that I saw it in theater with as big as the screens I had so I could really take in all the animation. So if theaters are open and you feel safe going, I would recommend going that way, but not necessarily the $30 price tag when it comes out in three months. Another piece of advice, I just add on to mine, I would wait if you don't want to go to theaters, like wait until drive-in season. This would be a fantastic drive-in movie and they'll definitely show it in drive-ins across the country. But uh, It's currently in the drive-ins in Washington State. Very nice. Uh, Josh, would you dr- recommend driving in to Raya and the Last Dragon? <sighs> driving in specifically? That's no, a weird I don't, I don't know. catch I was like, question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what's your yes or no? I was trying to transition and it failed. Josh, what's yeah. your yes or no for Raya and the Last Dragon? Hard edit point there. Probably not. Though. Thanks, Chuck Freebie. Hey, hey now. Hey, hey now. now. Hey now. Uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and give this a pretty soft yes. Um, it was really fun to watch it with my kids. And there was a couple times where they were scared and sprinted out of the room, all three of them. So that was great. But <laughs> they weren't necessarily like dying to see it again, like the next day or the day after or anything. You know what I mean? Um, but man, I I think what Stevie said earlier really softened me to it. Like really thankful to see a new something creation in the era of COVID and Pappy to your point about like, this isn't just some remake. This is feels new, even if it does beat you over the head a little bit. So yeah, I'll give this a yes. And, um, thanks for having me on tonight, boys. I like how it's become a new tradition, Josh, on the Disney movies. It's a lot of fun. I don't, uh, I don't know as much as you masters in uh, Disney, but it's fun. I don't know if I want other people in on our fun. <laughs> I don't know if I can trust them or not. Renee, I'm sitting right here. Did you not watch the movie? You have to trust, but we have to trust. Last but not least, a man who I would trust my life to a much better transition this time around. Uh, Stevie, <laughs> the audience probably um, trusts you more than anyone. What do you give Rhea in The Last Dragon? I'm not done talking yet. I'm going to keep going. But Stevie, go ahead. Go. (laughs) I'll give this a solid yes. Um, I'm with you, Pappy. It's good to see something original out of Disney that's not, you know, Wreck-It Ralph 2 or, you know, Frozen 2. And unfortunately, I think we're getting a Zootopia 2 at some point within the next year. Why? Um, Yeah, it's... um, (sighs) It's a good movie. I, I like the animation a lot. I like the voice cast quite a bit. It is heavy handed at times, but, you know, maybe this movie isn't, you know, for my age temple. Maybe it's for somebody that's much younger. I just enjoy animated, you know, Disney animated movies a lot. Um, 
I think Disney Animated Studios uh, has something tough to pull off going forward, which is trying to beat Moana, which I think is a top five all-time Disney movie. Um, But I hope they keep doing original stuff. And also, Pap, I wouldn't mind if this actually got a sequel down the road because I think the world is built really well. And I think they could explore something and do something more subtle next time. So I will give this a subtle yes. I mean, a a solid yes. (laughs) Yeah. My only hope would be is that they uh, keep the crew together don't do don't fall into the sequel trope of we finally got this great crew of people together now let's split them up let's and learn break them up yeah this is the squad i want to see a dragon fight in the sequel like i want to see the dragons really like Ooh. you know stand up you're predicting an evil dragon potentially is that what you're saying right now maybe and also if you're listening to this pod and you like kung fu films or kung fu on screen uh the martial arts and the action in this movie is top notch it was well choreographed for the animation. Why did none of you guys weigh in on the fact that the dragons are furry? Like, we did. Yeah, but really though. I, I mean, <laughs> you said it I, looked cool, but the dragons are furry. I think that's more of an Asian tradition, though, for dragons, right? Yeah, I yeah. thought they were really? like super yeah. scaly for sure. You know, you gotta be warm. Gotta have a little bit of extra, you know, insulation. I get cold. Fair enough. Josh. Let's go. My bad. <laughs> Educated. Well, hopefully we educated you, good audience, on Rhea and The Last Dragon tonight. I think consensus, don't pay $30 for it, maybe, but probably a yes overall. Um, Josh, Stevie always does this to me. I'm going to slowly do this to you so you know what's coming. uh, So you have plenty of time to think about it. I'm not going to throw it to Stevie because I know he refuses to type in www.trello.com in his URL for any reason. But Josh, for our good audience... What's coming down the pipeline? What can they look forward to? Uh, what you have to look forward to is you probably haven't listened to our full WandaVision series. Go back and do that. It's a great series. Watch. You should watch the show and listen to our spoilers if you haven't. Good times. But in, in the future, Pat, man, um, Maximum Overdrive is coming out soon. It's such a good um, podcast. I don't want to hype it up too much, but my God. What a clusterfuck of a movie that movie is. (laughs) What a good time. A mixture of yeses and nos. I'll give it away. There's no consensus on Maximum Overdrive. But uh, what else is there, Pap? There's like uh, just some good stuff. There's we're doing. We're trying to do all these Patreons and get caught up. Mm -hmm. And what's awesome is every Patreon movie so far has been a blast to record. So fun and surprisingly good content i feel like right stevie like those are good apps yeah they're fantastic apps they're actually turning out a lot better than i thought they would um trying to see here what we're gonna be recording in the future we got a lot holy smokes i'll say Uh, one thing about those you don't get anyone like brett getting like super defensive over their movie because it's just (laughs) someone someone else picks (laughs) (laughs) not as much tension This gives me so many ideas to make you guys do some absurd movie, you know? That's the thing, Renee. For only $5, we are beholden <laughs> to record a podcast on any movie you want. So the leverage but is all yours. Would I be part of that process is the real, real key. We have traditionally invited friends of the pod on episodes they request in that format. Oh. So yes, you would be you would be okay. invited to attend in the, whatever torture you subjugate us to. You'd have to watch that as well. <laughs> oh, I guess that's what I'm saying. I'll make Pappy do a musical. I love musicals. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know. <laughs> 
the thing about coming down the pipe, Pap, real quick, is that right. to find out what happens after Maximum Overdrive, which is the next movie game, you need to listen to the trivia of that episode. Absolutely. And flat out, we don't want to say what the next Patreon movies are. We've been bleeping ourselves out because we mm. want them to be surprised. But um, an upcoming one may feature some terrible lizards. <laughs> it may be one of our biggest podcasts, actually, because it's a huge movie. And I'll also say... Not only, Renee, would you be able to subjugate us to a movie, but Stevie's favorite movie of all time, Mad Max Fury Road, will see you on Patreon. So another thing to look forward to. But I'm looking forward to more Disney podcasts. I'm excited. I, well, Renee, I'm looking forward to more Disney podcasts with you, as always. Anything you want to tell the audience about yourself? Anything you want to plug? I know you got like a film Instagram account. You, you make the rounds on podcasts. I don't have a film Instagram account anymore. Everything is all tunneled through... Uh, pixie underscore bomber i do have a highlight where it's uh, my stories of what i'm watching is i will put it on there and it just kind of goes through all of my nonsense occasionally i'll post an image of what i'm watching now but i am so right now i'm like full-on godzilla mode and i'm watching so many different godzilla movies waiting for godzilla versus kong because i don't know if you guys know but i'm clearly team godzilla Hmm. It's because I'm a little bit radioactive sometimes. I relate to that monster. Like Imagine Dragons? <laughs> Another spoilers pog plug. We did the original <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla. But that's that's enough talking about us. We love you, audience. Thank you for listening. Take it away, Mr. Spoilerman. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. You want to get someone's trust, you have to give a little trust first. Brother Brian. All I know is I trusted them, and they trusted me. Druid King. Listen, if we don't stop and learn to trust one another again, it's only a matter of time before we tear each other apart. Nick. It's not about her magic, it's about trust. What? That was spoilers.